right, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is episode one of Enterprise Academy. My name is Felipe. I'm Shayash. And we are senior students at the McIntyre School of Commerce at the University of Virginia. And in this podcast, we pretty much just want to share a couple of lessons uh, from our entrepreneurship class uh, with Professor Eric Martin that we thought were important and pivotal for someone that wants to get into entrepreneurship and they don't really know how to go about it. So this is going to be a series of episodes that uh, we'll touch on business models, entrepreneurship in general, um, venture capital, ways to scale, things you should be trying out with your products and uh, valuation and crowdfunding as well. So it's going to be a short series of episodes that deal with general takeaways from entrepreneurship. Um, But today we're talking about the basics. So Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just going to try to define entrepreneurship. Um, what do you think about that? Like, how, how would you consider entrepreneurship? Yeah. So, defining entrepreneurship, I feel like that's a really hard question. Yeah. It's easy to define what a doctor does. It's easy to define what a lawyer does. But, like, defining what an entrepreneur does is, like, really, really, really hard to do. Everyone has different definitions from it. And, like, I've, like, asked a lot of people and I've never heard the two the same answer from any two people yeah for me for me i feel like the easiest way to put across the point of like what does an entrepreneur do and essentially what is entrepreneurship it's converting ideas into reality that's that's basically it like having having or like being given an idea and being able to take it from an idea to something which adds value to society i feel like that is the best way to define entrepreneurship for me yeah, yeah, something material. I, I kind of agree with that definition as well. Something that I do want to touch on is I feel like today we just hear it's, it's so much buzz, right? Mm-hmm. Today, because everybody wants to build out their product, everybody wants to bring their new brands. And um, we feel like people are missing a bunch of steps along the way where they just want to bring out a product, right? Um, and, and that's why today you just see so many copies of products and services that are not differentiated, yeah. that don't really add any specific value from any of the other products that you would find. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's something that we do need to touch on, right? Like what is an entrepreneur? How do they think and how do they go about their process? So yeah. Um, definitely, yeah, converting ideas into reality, um, you know, being able to execute that. I feel like that's part of like a pretty, yeah. pretty crucial part. And I feel like something which is really important, especially in the current climate we're living in, what is the effect you're leaving on the world? Like, what is, what are you doing which, like, is making the world a different place? I'm not going to say better. I'm not going to say just different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I, and that's pretty much a focus that may not only be tied to entrepreneurship in general. I feel like, you know, this day and age, people are definitely more conscious of everything they do and and environmental and, and social. Yeah. You know, causes do have um, definitely more relevance than they had in the past. Yeah. So, if it's something that you know you want to pursue, having a mission um, with your project mm-hmm. that, or that goes along with your project <clears throat> is something that that you want to go into. But, <clears throat> but let's step back a little bit yes. and and just walk into the entrepreneurial mindset. So, yeah. let's just talk about what sets entrepreneurs apart. I know we read this article in class in the first couple of classes talking mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. So the article was big thing. And it brought up a really fascinating point. It basically said that like, it compared corporate managers from big fortune 500 companies to serial entrepreneurs. 
they were presented with a bunch of situation bunch of questions and the author analyzed how they responded to them and one big takeaway that she had was that the big corporate managers they wanted to predict the future they wanted to be like in the future this is how an industry will be and this is how the product which my company is offering will fit into that future entrepreneurs did not think like this they were like to what extent can i control the future so that my product fits into it now this might sound very enigmatic so i'll try to make it easier entrepreneurs they like to respond to change they'd like to figure out like what's going to happen in the world and they try to iterate and they try to change what is going on based on based on what they think the future will be yeah yeah and and yeah just to make a little more emphasis on that right so we see a difference between what corporate managers do right and you most often will see let's look at the data let's really dive into the causes um <clears throat> Let's see what's happening right now around us. Really understand that completely to then make a change or make give a step forward, right? Entrepreneurs it's a little different. Mm-hmm. You need to be thinking in the future, right? And and along with that, you need to be thinking about how can you bring that idea or that change to life as fast as possible, right? So that's something it's a big difference, right? And, and, and I feel like a lot of people wouldn't think that, right? Like you maybe would assume that you know a corporate manager or corporate executive would be really good at yeah. being an entrepreneur just given all the experience that they have but in reality it's just like their inner thinking is completely different and and that's why that's why pretty much you can you can't compare them in in pretty much the same basis but yeah. but yeah so i mean going back to those ideas and bringing them to life um one of the most important things we talked about was the or just the origin of the ideas right and where they come from um and we touched a little bit about um on organic and inorganic ideas and and pretty much just to give a quick rundown of this so organic ideas are going to be ideas that you experience yourself right so on your day-to-day life um you experience just a bunch of problems or things that you know could be made a lot easier if there was a product for something and um maybe to anybody listening like I'm, we're pretty sure that if you think back on the last week something that frustrated you um that could be a potential problem that you build a solution for. So that's an organic problem that you're having yourself and that you need to address with a solution, right? So that's going to be the organic idea. And then <clears throat> inorganic ideas on the other hand are ideas that come from people who experience those problems, right? So you're witnessing this on kind of a third person basis where you obviously not experience the problem by yourself and because of that you don't understand it completely, but because someone else is having the problem you know that there's a market for it so those are inorganic and organic ideas yeah um i completely agree with that i feel like there is a distinction between the two ideas but it's not something which is like super apparent like it's it's not that you can look at an idea and be like oh this seems like an organic idea or this seems like an organic idea it depends basically on what the inspiration for the idea was and just talking more about on that um I came across this interesting article where 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 they discussed how Y Combinator looks at ideas. Y Combinator is a pretty successful venture capital firm. And basically what they said was it's much easier for entrepreneurs to get invested in organic ideas and that is why they want entrepreneurs especially who are young to have organic ideas and build them. Cuz if you have experience 
it is easy for you to see someone else's vision what someone else wants to do and implement it but if you don't have experience you're young you want to have that fire in your belly that this is my idea i want to take it to fruition but i know that these organic ideas have some disadvantages as well yeah yeah 100% right and something that i do want to touch on is professor martin is really headstrong about the fact that most undergraduate ideas just suck right and and there it's definitely some value right to having that work experience um but there's also value in the problems that we face right i mean as as undergraduates and, and just younger people um like we still have problems and we also witness people having other kinds of problems and those problems need solutions so um <clears throat> even if yeah you know there's this kind of kind of stigma where um, you know most sort of undergraduate ideas are bad um you know there's still there's still problems that need to be addressed in one way or another yeah. um but yeah so going back to to some advantages and disadvantages Um I think I mentioned one of them earlier right and it's just the fact that organic ideas you're witnessing that firsthand so you understand the problem perfectly like yeah. you know exactly what's going on and you know there could be a way to solve it right because you know the problem in in and out right with inorganic ideas it's not so easy and you need to approach it more on an empathy level right to understand what that person is dealing with and how you could go around solving it so <clears throat> it's definitely um it's definitely kind of like you need to play around those but the the idea the general takeaway from this is you don't need to look so far out in order to find ideas for a project or a startup yeah. like you can pretty much look within yourself your daily life what problems you're dealing with and just go up from there yeah so bringing it back to professor martin and one so the second class we ever had with him he made us write this thing called the problem journal um yeah frustration frustration journal sorry and the frustration journal was basically the idea that you go about your day you note down things which frustrate you and find ways to like make it better and that is basically how organic ideas are formed yeah yeah 100% and and we actually do suggest that people go about and do this you know just a week just for a couple of days just write the stuff that bothers you down mm-hmm. yeah, and and really just write it down um you will learn you know, a lot a surprising amount yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do actually like take a lot from it actually yeah, in in retrospect. But yeah, so we definitely encourage you guys to do that if um you have some time. But <clears throat> so moving back, um we're going to talk right so we mentioned the origin of these ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And in class we were able to just describe the entrepreneurial process. But that's going to be the start, right? So you're going to start with an idea where it came from and we denominate that in the entrepreneurial process. as the vision right so what is the product right what are you trying to solve what are you trying to address that's the first thing that you're going to be looking at in terms of like the vision right and this is probably one of the most important things right um yeah. there's you you definitely need to know what you want to spend your time into i mean if you're taking your frustration journal as an example mm-hmm. you probably have a ton of things that you wrote down but some of them might be things that you can't really fix yourself yeah. right it it seems kind of out of scope so you definitely want to make sure that you narrow the vision a little bit um so you know what you're delving into yeah just just elaborating more on that your vision cannot be too broad but it also cannot be too narrow like if you start with a vision which is too broad i feel like it will be much harder for you to like boil it down to how other people could benefit from it you might you might think that oh this is a widespread thing which needs change but i feel like in order to have real change it has to have like a directed 
vision like you need to know what you're doing but that is if you start too broad but if you start too narrow i feel like you really silo your thinking and you you lack creativity in that point and the thing that we learned in class and we will like speak much more about this is how important it is to be creative to embrace change to not be like put your blinders on and just do it yeah. so i feel like vision it's a fine balance between being too generic too broad and being too headstrong and too narrow about it yeah 100% and and i feel like that kind of leads us on right to the second stage of the entrepreneurial process right mm-hmm. so you have that vision you know what you want to do you might be driven or passionate about it and one thing before i dive into this is you don't really want to be too passionate about these projects right yes. you you need to you, even if these are your problems and it's an organic idea and you came up with something that might look very cool to execute you don't want to fall in love with it or with the original idea because you might be you might need to change it in the future so you don't want to be passionate about any version or any project that you do i mean passionate enough to to the point where you want to do it and yeah. pursue it not so much to make you you know stick to that yeah like you should be passionate about the vision not passionate about the actual implementation yet yeah and we will talk about why yeah. this is very important yeah yeah so so let's move on to the second stage right so you have the vision now you move on to the validation mm-hmm. right and and you came from the vision with a hypothesis right you have pretty much a solution to a problem uh whether it's a painkiller whether it's a vitamin um but the point is you want to make sure that there's a market for yeah. this you you just need to make sure that there's an idea that you can materialize but that people are going to buy right so yeah. um the the main takeaway here is you want to move into validation with a product that does not take a lot of cash or time to make right because again we just mentioned it the product is probably going to change and that's something that you get from at the initial feedback on the product so you want to take this out to market as soon as you can really cheap version of the product and learn what people think about it you know mm-hmm. just ask your friends family uh people who would be early adopters of the product what they think of it and just to play with it how they interact with it mm-hmm. surprisingly this is the stage where you learn the most about your product so that's why we say don't be passionate about the first version of it yeah. because as soon as customers get their hands on it you're going to need to change it and tailor it to them yeah. from the feedback that you get so this launching fast having a minimum viable product out there in the market it's critical to do this but it's not that it's not critical just because you need to start selling the product that is not the goal when you when you do this launch fast approach what you're trying to learn from it is basically what you should have been building like that is what you understand you know that you have a vision you know what you want to solve but this is like figuring out like how to build something which will actually fulfill that vision until you know that you might just be wasting your time yeah like your opinion is worth one opinion yeah it will not translate to customers and consumers and we all know that customers and consumers is where the real essence of any 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 startup is and like an amazing analogy which i came up on recently was that you can envision the wealth created by a startup as a rectangle where one side is the number of users and the other is how much you improve their lives it's easy for an entrepreneur to control the second dimension and how they do it is through constant iteration figuring out what users want validating their vision and moving on from there yeah absolutely so one of the things that we like to think about in terms of validation is 
is the project scalable is it repeatable and is it profitable enough to spend more time and money into it right like these are the three things that you need to make sure are possible and in terms of scalability right if you can only sell this product to a couple of customers right that where you would pretty much maybe identified the initial problem with right mm-hmm. so you talk to a couple of people they said yeah i'm having this problem you solve the problem for them but if you can sell it to other people and that's your only customer yeah then it's done it's not worth spending more time into mm-hmm. so scalability crucial <clears throat> in terms of repeatability right will they be coming back for the product and um yeah like that's another important thing right like can you keep so is it uh, is it a one-time transaction yeah is it is is it is it a product which will keep the user interested is it something which will like it will be so useful in someone's life that they keep coming back to it is it like they have a transactional approach to it or is it like you're building a long-term relationship yeah because we've seen with all big companies who started from startups the apples the googles all of them the one thing which they do well is they just they just know how to keep the consumer coming back you will keep buying an iphone you will keep going back to google yeah. that is the secret sauce which they figured out yeah yeah absolutely and then we move on to profitable right does it make money mm-hmm. right i mean kind of obvious but you know a lot of people miss it right if the product is not making you any money it's not worth putting it, more time into it it's just it, it just doesn't make sense it you have to follow the dollars i feel like that's how the world works nowadays yeah. and i i i personally believe that this is the stage where most new entrepreneurs especially first time entrepreneurs start to really struggle because it's very easy to come up with an idea everyone knows that ideas <laughs> are worth nothing but having the ability to convert that idea into a good product is also achievable like a lot of people can do it the main the hardest part is how do i earn money from this product which i've created it's not it's not it seems very easy it's like if someone wants something yeah of course they like it, yeah. they give money for it but the thing is the perceived value which your product has has to be so good that people will give up actual dollars for it which is the watermark test yeah i i feel like that's actually a really great point you know a lot of times people do their market research with surveys to their close friends and relatives and whatnot and obviously the response to that you know maybe usually something that i've seen very frequently is one of the questions is would you buy your product if it was priced at this and people go just say yes right yeah. i mean it's your friend's survey you wouldn't say you wouldn't buy their product mm-hmm. but a lot of times people don't do what they say in these surveys right so again crucial part of validation can you make money from it um yeah. and one thing that we do want to emphasize about this in, in in terms of the entrepreneurial process is you need to go throughout the process right i mean a lot of people just like to dive into building the company into building that market base um that you're just skipping crucial parts of the way in terms of validation and vision right mm-hmm. like you need to make sure that this can be scaled yeah um for you to spend more money in marketing for you to spend money on suppliers mm-hmm. for you to you know you know keep burning cash which is probably what you're going to be doing um in in the first few stages so that's what you need to understand right like don't move so fast into building the company make sure that you go through each stage and a very simple example which is like easy to understand because it's easy to envision is when McDonald's wanted to create the perfect burger they went to they went to their customers they did not have something which they could test they just went to the customers 
they were like what do you think is a perfect burger and everyone was like oh, a burger which doesn't make me fat a burger which is healthy yeah. spent millions of dollars in r&d got that out that was it they got the product out no one bought it why did anyone not buy it because you don't go to mcdonald's to be healthy like it's customers will say a lot of things but like you need to have a product out there which they can actually interact with and like give you real feedback and like real information yeah and i feel like you were so right so many people just like skip over that step and they're like oh no i thought it was a great idea i i like tried to do everything i even had the money for it but it just didn't work yeah and now speaking of money i think it would be a good time to talk about starting to raise funds like how does that start out how is that process yeah yeah definitely so again and, and just pretty much to wrap it up right there you're trying to find product market fit before you run out of cash so again a lot of the times you know the initial investors of this company or mm-hmm. of your product are going to be close friends uh maybe your family as well maybe some business partners right <clears throat> but once you have uh, a product that people are genuinely interested on right and and you validated that vision you might be seeing some interest from venture capital companies as well or you might need to go out and get it right i mean that's yeah. also the scenario um <clears throat> but the point is these venture capital companies are going to hold you accountable for the funds that they invest in your company right so yes. um when you do want to go this route of raising funds from other people you need to make sure that you understand that there's caveats to that not only in terms of responsibilities um but also in terms of what you're losing right yeah. i mean you're definitely going to lose some part of the equity of the company right to what extent do you want to give that away um with that equity comes control of the company and decision making mm-hmm. right so how do you want to be how do you want to move about that and then finally just what else are you getting from this venture capital company that's you know makes you want to work with them you know you it, it shouldn't be only about money no you should be looking to get some other things from that but the point is these companies are with you because they want huge returns right how are you going to go about that how are you going to use the money mm-hmm. um you know a lot of small founders have trouble using the money um because they they didn't expect to manage that amount of money in the first place right and now you also have the venture capital advisors from the yeah. board right moving in and trying to tell you what to do so you see a lot of like a huge disconnect between a product that you were originally passionate about and now you need to work at or you need to work mm-hmm. differently about it because you have these people invested in so one of the best pieces of advice i feel like i've ever received from anyone involved in entrepreneurship was one of my friends who started a company and he recently got funded by y combinator so i was working on a small project of my own during the summer and i asked him like i i'm thinking of raising like some money from angel investors or a vc fund he was like before you actually raise the money you really need to think about it because that completely changes the ball game you're no longer just responsible to yourself you're responsible to other people now other people literally have a stake in your company so like you have to think of it as a, like it will add responsibility to you and as you mentioned like a lot of new entrepreneurs they're successful at raising the funds but they're just not used to playing with that kind of money so they do not know how to like spend it well and they kind of sometimes lose touch with their vision which is something you really don't want to be doing at this stage because that is the reason why you got the funds right because they were impressed by the idea so when you get money 
don't try to spend it all initially that is how like most startups end up dying like a like lack of cash flow because you spend investment to spoon on marketing or other frivolous expenses just to grow is a short short way of yeah. not succeeding yeah yeah 100% so again pretty much the takeaway just in terms of venture funds and whatnot is reach out if you if you make sure that you you need to make sure that you need the cash for something right if you grown your business organically so far right uh you're doing really well on your own you don't really need the money and no. not not every entrepreneur needs venture capital money so speaking on that um i feel like there is one great great saying it's being ram and profitable that basically means that a startup makes just enough money to pay their founders living expenses now this might not seem like a big deal but as a early founder it is amazing because you know that you're self reliant this is something which can actually sustain me in life and it also really changes the ball game with investors when you don't need the money as you said earlier when you're getting funding at the start it's not just about the money it's about a lot of other things it's about the guidance you'll get it's about the resources you'll get access to so if you're ram and profitable and you're not you're not like oh my god if i don't get this money i might starve to death much easier to make the decision based on not just the money but the other factors as well yeah yeah 100% 100% and and pretty much the last piece of advice just in terms of the basics of entrepreneurship uh that we want to share in this episode has to do with the team right and we've had a couple of guest speakers come to our class and tell us listen you it's really hard really really hard to be the sole proprietor right of a company right yeah. to just go about entrepreneurship by yourself it's a lot of pressure it takes a lot of time and you probably want somebody you want to discuss this ideas with mm-hmm. right like you need a second eye a second pair of eyes to make sure that everything is in check and it, that it's not you're pretty much just a horse with blinders yeah um moving on to the process and and just going about it on your own so you need good people in the company basically but yeah. what is good people like that's something which is like really hard to describe and i feel like one of the readings in class really hit upon it it didn't describe what good people was but it like it just said one trick which would help you identify people who you want working in your startup and it was easy it was basically the author said could you describe that person as an animal and this is not like oh saying that they're a rabbit or something this is like as in like will they work tirelessly is are they like the are they like super dedicated to work are they like a salesman who will stay up till 4am to basically fulfill their sales quota it's an animal in an instinct that they're like a beast that they will do anything to achieve the results they want yeah and that is the kind of people you want to be around yeah yeah i feel like that's that's pretty crucial you know there's there's a couple of examples that we read and and that we might go over later in the podcast as well of cases where one of the founders in in a two founder company is so much more heavily invested in the company and and that than the other founder right and that just sets it up for problems in the future you know if if you have an equal equity in the company mm-hmm. as your other founder does right yeah. but you're doing most of the work you're just setting yourself up for failure right there so definitely make sure right that you're building this with the right people uh and also try to make sure that you're not doing it on your own right because yeah. because it's it does take not only an emotional toll but it's just going to pretty much consume mm-hmm. your life i mean another big takeaway is 
you need to dedicate your full time to a project yes. if you want to make it happen. You, yeah. you can't be having a full time job. Some people do it, like it's doable, but not a lot of people are successful going down. Yeah. And another thing on the team building aspect of a startup. Um, I was once told by a friend who's a senior entrepreneur, he's founded two companies working on the third one right now. He said like just hiring the hiring good people of course super important someone who will work hard someone who has the same vision as you very important but one thing he said about team building which really really resonated with me was the fact that he said when you're building a team try to build it sort of have a cult mentality so that like your team feels that it's them versus everyone else like the team has to be so united that they feel like they're one entity and like they're working towards one goal and everyone else out there is like separate from them yep. team versus everyone else you can install this culture any way you want S- shared vision of a product how you interact with them outside the workplace what kind of activities do you guys do there's multiple ways of doing it but if you can get that mentality into your team it's a good it's a good barometer that it that team will be successful yeah yeah, and, and again, just pretty much last point on that. If if you are reaching out to venture capital firms at some point, they want to know who's in charge of the firm, yeah. right? They want to know if these people are capable of bringing this product to life. So last remark on that is the team is crucial, not only for you know the success of your company by itself, but also if you want to reach out to someone else, they're going to be looking at that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, so that is a pretty brief overview of what entrepreneurship is, of what differentiates entrepreneurs from uh, maybe some corporate managers or people in general. Um, In the next episode, we're going to be talking about effectuation. Um, So we look forward to seeing you all then. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening.